Reaching the tip of your toes while bending forward has become an unbearable challenge. Simple movements like looking up or turning your head create annoying tension in your neck, shoulders and or upper spine. Sitting on the floor is uncomfortable and standing up from there is pretty hard. Well, you've probably got a problem with your flexibility. And actually, it's not that strange if you lead a sedentary lifestyle. So maybe what you need to do is to attend a stretching class, trying to achieve the highest possible level of flexibility. Well, it's not that simple. Truth to be told, this choice could be a mistake for your health. If you want to make the most of your flexibility routine and wish to avoid any risk of injury, this episode is for you. Hi, I'm Davide Fiori, movement specialist, osteopath and founder of Functional Vibes and this is Vibes in Action. Flexibility can be defined as the ability of a joint or a series of joints to move fluidly through an unrestricted, pain-free range of motion in a passive way. There's no doubt that flexibility is a crucial prerequisite of human movement. A lack of flexibility, in fact, can cause impaired movements and affect your body in many ways. A stiff rib cage can affect your breathing pattern and, as a consequence, your digestion, which, by the way, can also be affected by tight hips or a rigid spine. And the examples concerning the mechanical consequences of a lack of flexibility are countless. Some of them are pretty intriguing. For example, did you know that if your big toe doesn't flex dorsally enough, you are more prone to pelvic dysfunction and eventually back pain? The setting of any kind of movement pattern or sporting gesture requires flexibility as the first essential element. Mobility, which differs from flexibility because it's an active movement, strength and power can be developed only at a later stage. Now, if the skill in question is so crucial, why isn't training your flexibility exclusively a good idea? Well, to answer this question, we need to consider two key issues. The first one concerns the stretching methodology, which is often complex, while the second one essentially says that flexibility alone is not enough to be healthy. Let's talk for a second about the stretching methodology. First of all, you always need to consider that if a joint or a group of joints are restricted in their movements, there's probably a reason. I mean, the soft tissue tightness of a body segments is a consequence of a process of adaptation. If you ignore the primary cause and you simply stretch apart, you risk doing something useless or even counterproductive for your body. Maybe the restriction you're trying to get rid of is a compensation your body needs to cope with a dysfunction in another body area. And unfortunately, the range of possible primary causes for a lack of flexibility is pretty broad. Sedentary lifestyle, poor movement patterns, but also diaphragmatic dysfunctions, scar tissue or digestive issues. 
The picture gets even more complicated if you consider that your body is immersed in a three-dimensional space. This means that, number one, the primary cause of a loss of flexibility in a body segment may be located somewhere else. Number two, the lack of flexibility is not necessarily symmetrical in your body. This last point is especially important. You have probably noticed that a specific part of one leg is often tighter than the same part of the opposite leg. And you can find exactly the same difference in your back, your neck, your arms, to name but a few. Have you ever thought about that? Given all that, not only is it potentially useless to stretch all the muscles you feel are tight, but doing it in a symmetrical way, for instance bending over to stretch your lower back, could also be a bad idea. Talking about stretching methodology, we can't ignore some treatment's priorities, which ideally should be assessed by a movement coach. If you want an example, Here's the main thing you need to consider when it comes to a flexibility routine, the thoracic diaphragm function. If your breathing pattern is poor, there's no chance of creating the necessary condition to improve your flexibility, regardless of the exercises you practice. Last but not least, you should never forget that stretching exercises also put tension in your muscles and fascia, and doing them without a proper warm-up can be really dangerous. A few minutes of gentle movement before your stretching routine will increase your temperature, reducing the viscosity of the fluids which are embedded in your soft tissues. This, in its turn, will reduce the possibility of muscular injuries. Now that we have connected some dots about stretching methodology, it's time to learn why flexibility is not enough to be healthy. Even though flexibility is a crucial element to preserve your health and prevent health issues, seeing it as the only or the most important skill to train could be a huge mistake. In fact, a body which is too flexible in all its parts is more prone to wear and musculoskeletal disorders with the passing of time. Here is a striking example of this. Some years ago, I had a very special client. She was a high-level 16-years-old gymnast and the flexibility of her body was frankly astonishing. Despite this, she suffered from lower back pain and no medical doctor or therapist had been able to help her. All the medical tests were negative, meaning that the structure of her body was good. So what could be the main reason for that pain? I decided to assess not only her movement patterns, but also all the prerequisites for them. And I got a clear answer, as if by magic. Her body was incredibly flexible, but she lacked motor control and wasn't able to create enough points of stability. This was particularly true for her core which should have been the stability point by definition to assure healthy movements pattern and prevent musculoskeletal disorders. This concept is crucial and brings us back to a principle of physics which states that there is no way to put in action a force if you have not a stable base of support. Or as someone would say, 
you can't shoot a cannon from a canoe. In other words, if you want to achieve your fitness goals in a healthy way and minimize the risks of injuries, you need to consider this principle. Some body segments are designed to allow or create movement, while others are supposed to resist it. This concept is clearly explained in the so-called joint-by-joint approach of Mike Boyle, one of the most renowned strength and conditioning coaches in the world. It essentially states that an alternation of stable and mobile joints or body segment is crucial to prevent injuries and musculoskeletal disorders. Starting from the bottom up, ankles, hips, thoracic spine and glenohumeral joints are supposed to be mobile, while knees, lumbar spine, scapulothoracic joint and elbows are designed to provide stability. Without going too deeply into technical details, just remember these two things. Number one, trying to achieve an extreme level of flexibility in every single joint of your body is a bad idea. Number two, from the point of view of biomechanics, certain areas of your body require more flexibility than others. Concerning this last point, do you know what are the two body parts which you always want to keep flexible to prevent pain and muscular tension? Your thoracic spine and hips. Just to make it clear, these are not the only body segments which requires flexibility but they are probably the most important ones. And do you know why? Because according to the joint-by-joint -joint approach, tight hips can cause lower back pain just as a rigid thoracic spine can cause neck and shoulder pain, which are the two most common symptoms linked with musculoskeletal disorders. Now that you have learned something more about flexibility, I have four simple tips for you to improve your well-being from today. Number one, remember that stretching is another way to apply muscular tension. So try to be gentle while working on your flexibility and adjust the level of tension, avoiding pain. If that body segment is tight, you won't resolve the situation by applying further tension. Number two, breathe correctly while doing flexibility exercises. There's no way to reduce your myofascial tension if you hold your breath or your breathing pattern is poor. And this is especially true when you work on your spine. Always keep breathing through your nose, in and out, and try to make your exhales as long as possible. Number three, Focus your attention on the body parts which need more flexibility. A good starting point is to have a smart strategy in case of the most common kinds of pain. If your neck hurts, try to mobilize your trunk and thoracic spine. If you feel pain in your lower back, check the flexibility of your hips and work on that. Number four, remember that you can't shoot a cannon from a canoe. So don't limit your physical activity to flexibility exercises and learn how to train the motor control and the stability where it's necessary. For this specific goal, as well as for the other tips I've just shared with you, remember that there is no better way than working with a qualified coach to achieve your goals in a healthy way. That's all for today. 
feel free to give me your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. And as usual, remember that if you want to support this podcast, you can put a like on the YouTube video and share it on your social media. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Thank you for your time and attention and see you next week. Thank you.